You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com, and we have a treat for you today because we're not talking about how the Blue Jays did against the Bra- That is my special gift to all of y'all after releasing three episodes yesterday in a row. You know, give me all that stuff to catch up on. We're we're not talking about Toronto Atlanta today. The the less said about that game, that better the better. And I know TJ Zoik's debut and hooray, all the fireworks, but that game was not good to watch. So we are just not gonna talk about it. But we will likely be talking about TJ Zoik because Today on Locked On Blue Jays, we are going back into the minors to find our MVPs for hitters and pitchers on each of the top four teams this season, something we did last year. And fans of the podcast will remember that I had help doing that last year. And of course, you know I'm going to bring that help back because he is a great person to talk to and he is the expert on Blue Jays Minor League Baseball for JaysFromTheCouch.com. Ryan Miller is back on the podcast. Welcome back, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Thank you for helping me break in this new microphone. That's right. We'll, we'll get it worked in. <laughs> for the for the listeners at home, I am, I'm not recording on an old Skull Candy headset for the first time ever. I, I got a bland, brand new blue microphone that I got with my Aeroplan point, so... Hopefully, I sound a lot better. Sounding good on my end. Excellent. That's all we need, Ben Miller. So let's just dive right into this, because I know your time is precious. You have you have minor league knowledge to espouse all over the Blue Jays podcastosphere. So let's let's go right into the Buffalo Bisons, and you know, a spirited run towards the playoffs came up just short. For this team, but hey, they're all going to get to play with the Blue Jays now. So I mean, that's a that's a consolation prize, right? That's right. I was really hoping that this year they were going to break their playoff drought. I wrote something about that at the beginning of the year, and they got off to a god awful start. And I was like, "Don't I look like an idiot?" <laughs> so they made, they made me look like less of an idiot by um, making a strong push, but they ultimately did fall short. So. I'm still an idiot. Well, how could you foresee the performances of Sean Moramando holding this team back? I mean, mm. what what can you do? Well, when when I was compiling my uh, MVP for the pitching staff, it actually did come to light. Because while I like I put out all these minor league recaps every day, sometimes you don't really have a time to take a step back and look at the pitcher as a whole as opposed to just game by game when you look at it as a whole yeah their pitching staff was quite the disappointment this year (laughs) yeah and and we will get to the pitching staff in a second but i i do want to keep things in order so let's let's start with the hitters and i'm gonna take a few bats out of your hands because you cannot pick bo bichette you cannot pick Rowdy Telez. You cannot pick Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in his nine games at AAA this season. So, having said all that, 
Who is your batter's MVP for the Bison this year? Well, because you took another batter out of my hands, oh. I'm not going to that one. I will let you. I will let you have that one all to yourself. I don't but want I, that one. <laughs> I'm going to go with Andy Burns. Um, you know, he looked really good in his return from Korea. Uh, you know, he he didn't lead lead the team in too many categories or anything, but he was just a good, consistent uh, player for the Bisons, and for that reason, I give him my MVP. Mm. 275 batting average for Andy Burns this year, 19 home runs for the infielder, which I, I believe that might be a career high. Yes, and, and he, like his, his, uh, he he walked a lot more this year. He was a lot more patient. Like he didn't strike out as much. Um, a lot of doubles, seventeen doubles. Um, a nice uh, eight thirty three OPS, which is which is really good for Burns. So you know, and he didn't just play one. He had nice versatility, right? Like he mm-hmm. plays third, he plays short, he plays second. He'll give you first if you want him to go in the outfield. I don't think he went in the outfield this year, but um, in years past he did. So, you know, he's got that versatility. Speaking of the outfield, my MVP <clears throat> does come from the outfield, but I hate to disappoint people who thought I might just cop the Bison's pick for MVP. No, there will not be any Socrates Brito praise on this podcast. He has not earned it. He will have to win two more MVPs at the AAA level to make up for the abysmal session of time that he took away from other people at the major league level. So he will not be getting my MVP for what he did to the Blue Jays. Instead, I will pick another outfielder who earned a cup of coffee with the Blue Jays this season and was recently promoted back to the team. I'm going to pick Jonathan Davis, who surprisingly may have passed Anthony Alford in the outfield hierarchy this season with what he was able to do, not just at the plate, but also in the outfield defensively. Oh, he like the way he saved that no hitter. Yeah. Was it, but he made, he made those catches on a regular basis as you can see when he uh dove in the outfield what was that one in where where was that that he made that like insane catch when he was in toronto um was that in tampa bay i think it was that's what i was thinking so yeah. if, if you're thinking it i'm thinking it must be right. <laughs> it must be right that's right <laughs> but yeah like i i i just think you know, we both went up the middle with our selections. You know, obviously the backbone of it, any good team starts up the middle. And when you compare Jonathan Davis and Anthony Alford, it just seemed like Davis was more consistent at that AAA level. And you, you hate to blame, like, the injuries and stuff with Alford, but they're they're clearly starting to take a toll on him. And, and honestly, I'm not sure where either of them stand in the Blue Jays' future now. But Davis performed well enough, and he's not named Socrates Brito, so... That's why I went with him. Anyway. Good picks. Good picks. <laughs> Good, yeah. Um, for the pitching staff, I I think it's very easy to say TJ Zoic because of the no-hitter. And I, I don't know if Nate Pearson pitched enough to really qualify. I don't think you can give an MVP for three starts. I, I just don't think that works that way. But 
uh, who who do you like? Who do you have as MVP of that pitching staff? I went with uh, with a pair of relievers. Oh, interesting. I went with I went with Zach Jackson and Kirby Snead. Both guys made over forty appearances and had a below four ERA. Which I know that's nothing to be like, oh yay, but like that's still pretty good. Um, you know, Jackson still has his control issues, um, but as you tweeted out recently, yeah. Kirby Sneed could be ha- could have a future in Toronto if Tim Mesa doesn't get his act together. I I did tweet that last night that Kirby Sneed could have a future in Toronto like this week if they if they actually called him up and DFA'd Buddy Boshiers because I I'm just kind of sick of Tim Mesa like he's like he hasn't gotten the stick that Aaron Loop got as his t- during his time as left-handed reliever for the Blue Jays, but at least Loop had some level of consistency with him. I don't know what I'm getting out of Tim Meza yeah, day to day. I, I think Loop had two years where he was able to be Loopish. Um, where so I think Meza he might start getting that those digs next year. If he's here next year. If he's here yeah. next year. Let's but yeah, Zach Jackson he he led he led the entire uh, Bisons with nine wins as a reliever. <laughs> um, so you know he had nine holds. Uh, Snead had five holds. You know neither had a really nice a nice whip or ERA. Uh, Jackson had a one point three two whip, where where Snead had a one point four whip. So you know nobody jumped jumped off the page, but just that they made over forty appearances. Um, was good enough for me. Well, I uh, one thing I I really liked about Kirby Steed was his his strikeout to walk ratio this season: fifty four strikeouts in fifty two innings against nineteen walks. I mean, the the reason I didn't think Zach Jackson would get a call up to the Blue Jays is because of those control issues. But uh, Kirby's shown he he's he got better command over his stuff. I I think he could be an impact arm for the Blue Jays next year. Um. Since you went relief with your MVPs, I'm just gonna take the low hanging branch and say TJ's like, even making, <laughs> even making just 13 starts for Buffalo, he was he was clearly their best starter. I mean, if if you take Anthony K out of the picture, because I could have said Anthony K too, but so Zoic has been there longer. He he had the no hitter, four and three, three sixty nine ERA and AAA. Obviously, didn't get off to the best start in the major leagues. Kind of kind of started losing uh, losing those ground balls in his forefinning, and Josh Donaldson just started whacking him into the outfield. But it, it was the kind of performance you can build on and the kind of performance that will put Zoic into the picture for a rotation spot next year with Toronto. Absolutely. All right, so let's travel east from Buffalo and go to New Hampshire. And obviously... A bit of a come down from the championship season of last year. There's no Bobachet. There's no Vlad Guerrero Jr. to really pick out. So I'm I'm interested to see who you who you choose as your MVP for the batters from New Hampshire. I actually went with Forrest Wall. Hmm. Um, he's a, he's a streaky he's a streaky hitter, but um, I felt that he had the uh, the the best season overall for. The Fisher Cats, 27 doubles, four triples, nine home runs. Um, he had, a, I believe it was uh, July, he had an insane, or June, he had an insane month where uh, he just, everything 
his bat touch seemed to drop in for a base hit. Um, 20-some-odd game hit streak um, is still fresh in my mind. He's, he gives you a good blend of speed and some power there. 49 walks, 109 strikeouts in uh, 109 games. So maybe a little too much strikeouts for a guy who only hit nine home runs. But um, he got on base a lot more this year with a, a 3.53 on base percentage. So a guy that plays a premium position in the outfield with center field, and he, he can steal you some bases. So mm-hmm. I went with Wall. Um, yeah, successful on 13 of 21 steal attempts this season. I, I would have expected a little more from Wall, to be honest. But uh, he, he did an excellent job in center field. And as someone who misses Sung Kwan Oh, I'm, I'm grateful <laughs> to see his legacy lives on a, at least a little bit. Um, we were talking before we went on air about Santiago Espinal and the leaps he made in the middle infield. Another acquisition last season for the Blue Jays R.I.P. Steve Pierce but I I actually went with a catcher as my MVP I chose Riley Adams uh, Riley split time with Alberto Mineo in New Hampshire this season but was was a better performer at the plate out of the two batting 258 with 11 home runs and 39 RBIs and his slugging percentage is actually second on the team only behind Patrick Kivlahan, who only played 11 games in New Hampshire that season. So so he showed a bit of power as well. And when I talked on the podcast uh, yesterday about potentially trading Reese McGuire for pitching help, it, it was guys like Riley Adams who I had in mind who could step up and potentially be that backup to Danny Jansen in the future and allow the Blue Jays to deal from such a position of depth. So... I'm happy he kind of took that leap forward. I expect to see him in Buffalo next year, and I I hope he can continue progressing like that so the Blue Jays do have those options moving forward. And he's he's a good he's a good guy behind the plate too. He's got a really strong arm. Um, last time I checked, it could be off now, but he was he was around 30, 33% caught stealing. So, you know, nothing nothing uh horrible. Like he's got a strong arm, so that's good. Always nice to hear. Let's go to the pitching staff now. And I get this is where I could cheat and say Nate Pearson for MVP, since this is where he made the majority of his starts this season. But you are the expert, so I will let you have first crack at your pitching MVP for New Hampshire. Well, you're absolutely right. Nate Pearson would take it without even blinking an eye. Um, but I'm I'm not going to go with the obvious choice. I'm going to go with Yancy Diaz. Um, just because he pitched, he pitched more innings. Um, he led the the team in. Uh, well, he didn't. He he just barely missed out in leading the team in strikeouts. But he was a more consistent pitcher, and he took. There was no inning limits, hmm. right? So he he went out and he was expected to go five to six innings every every time out. So uh, that's why I went with uh, D- Diaz. He uh, led the team with eleven wins. Mm-hmm. Three, three, seven, four ERA, um, 116 strikeouts in 144 innings. You'd like to see that come up a little bit more, um, but hopefully not everybody's hating on Diaz too much for uh, his poor uh, major league debut where he walked like four guys and didn't get anybody out. But, yeah, uh, he, he did get two outs. We'll give him that. He did, yes. Uh, but you know, he's he's a young guy, so we'll. Uh, We'll, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. 
Yeah, I'm just going to pick Nate Pearson because, Beautiful. I mean, why wouldn't I? Um, 2.59 ERA and 16 starts in New Hampshire, a whip below one for a starter, which is insane. 69 strikeouts and 62 and two-thirds innings. Like, he, he showed why he's the number one prospect with the Blue Jays now that Bo Bichette lost his prospect eligibility. Um, although I, I will give a special nod to Thomas Hatch, who the Blue Jays acquired from the Cubs. Um, and he had a 280 ERA and six starts for New Hampshire, kind of reestablished his own value after he, after he had fallen by the wayside in in what's not a great Cubs system. He still was tumbling down their rankings, so the Blue Jays kind of rescue him out of there and are are able to coax a decent uh, August September out of him could be an interesting guy to watch going forward as they start to filter some of these older guys up and see what they have in them. Two two walks. <laughs> two two walks in 35 innings. That's that just that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean yet that that will always play. Like when you when you can have any kind of control like that like that's that's just going to be a positive. In fact, it was such a good performance. I forgot who the Blue Jays actually traded for him. I had yes, to go David, and double check who David, David felt. Because right. I'm like, it wasn't and, Joe and think, Smith. No, nope. <laughs> and I think a, a special shout out uh, goes to uh, Jake Fishman, mm. who uh, who all also led his team in appearances. He had 74 strikeouts in 62 innings, so um, he's a guy that's starting to come on the radar, and he's a lefty as well, so maybe he's going to be chomping on uh, Kirby Sneed's heels soon. (laughs) Not if Kirby's in the majors first. That's right. Then they can go together. We will be continuing with these MVP awards. We don't have actual awards, but hey, it's just we're giving you warm feelings in your heart to all these players, so... We'll continue with those after this break, which is brought to you by Crossover Wednesdays. The NFL season begins next week, which means Crossover Wednesday will be back on the Locked On NFL Podcast Network. For the entire regular season, you'll get a special episode every Wednesday as the hosts from Opposing Sides meet up to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. So find your favorite team wherever you get your podcasts and be sure not to miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment on Crossover Wednesday. And... Because that break is sponsored, we can tell you that this podcast episode is brought to you by Postmates.com. It's your everything delivery service, whether you need wine at 4 p.m. because you're getting your day drink on, or you need a greasy diner breakfast at 9 a.m. to help you recover from your day drinking episode the previous day, you can Postmate it. All year round, anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. It's the largest on-demand network in the U.S., offering delivery from all the restaurants, grocery stores, convenience stores, traditional retailers, anything you can want, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, you will you will get it because Postmates will bring it to you, whatever you need, in the hour. You don't have to go to the store. You just have to download the app uh, for iOS or Android. You get the app for free. You can browse the local businesses and track your delivery in real time. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. So to start your free deliveries, you just download the app and use the code LOCKEDON to get $100 of free delivery credit. 
So anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save $100 with that code Locked On. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back with uh, the Locked On Blue Jays official MVP awards for the minors of 2019 with Ryan Miller of JaysFromTheCouch.com giving it an air of legitimacy that I just don't have. So we appreciate your time as always, Miller. And yeah, we will be moving on to Dunedin, which sadly did not have a playoff this season because of Hurricane Dorian, and our our hearts go out to all the people affected by Hurricane Dorian right now. We're not golfing, so, you know, at least we're thinking of you wholeheartedly. Anyway, um, Dunedin had a bit of a weird season, uh, Ryan, but... Uh, there were some some standouts I think we can pick out. Who who did you like as your MVP batter from Dunedin? Um, well, ideally, I probably would have went with Cal Stevens, but he Stevenson, uh, but he got traded. R.I.P. Um, I, that's right. Um, I checked his stats. He's not doing so well in the uh, Houston uh, system right now. Um, so I went with Alejandro Kirk. Mm. How how do you not go with a guy who has a three ninety W OBA? I you know, I don't know how you can't. You just you have to, and I and I love a guy who walks more than he strikes out, especially when it's coming from behind the plate. Hmm. Uh, so in seventy one games, Kirk hit four home runs. So he's not a, not really a power hitter, um, but he's still very young. He's an advanced A, and he's not even 21 yet. So th- there's still room for growth. And I don't like to say that because he is a large individual. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, you know, he, he's got an excellent eye at the plate. He makes a lot of contact. Um, I think he only struck out uh, 30 times, walked 33 or something like that. Um, uh, so walked 38, struck out 31. So... Hmm. Yeah, and and he had two stolen bases, so there you go. <laughs> uh, well, you took my pick, which kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> can I say Boba Shett in his four games stint in Dunedin when he was rehabbing? One point four OPS, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, I I won't do that. Um, I. I think I might actually give it to Demi Oramaloye, the Canadian outfielder who's down there. He only batted 240 for Dunedin this season, but 22 stolen bases. It's third on the team, but he was only caught stealing four times, which means he was very smart with when he was able to take off a little bit. And he did it 12 home runs, 64 RBIs. That's not bad, especially considering like he was the he was the throw-in prospect in the Curtis Granderson deal from last season. He, he was all right. Like, he's probably not progressed enough to earn that ticket to New Hampshire, but I, I kind of like what I'm seeing out of him. I like I like the speed. I like the intelligence that's being shown on the field. It's it's something in, in, a, in a team that, you know, had some somethings. Well, to, to, to echo your, your pick or to support your pick, I'll throw out this stat. 
for you. And you'll you'll be like, oh, wow, you're so smart. Maybe not. I already um, do that. Come on. First first half, he batted 199. Second half, he hit 273. That is a lot better. Right? First half, two home runs. Second half, ten home runs. Mm. First half, 539 OPS. Second half, 786 OPS. So you can see where his, his stats were skewed. So maybe he did make those adjustments and he was able to uh, to make the advances that he will be able to head up to New Hampshire next year. Ah, uh, like music to my ears, Miller. Right. Love it. All right, let's go pitchers. Who you got? I'm going to go with Maximo Castillo. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, for the for the most part he was the youngest pitcher in uh, the Florida State League for the entire like not for the entire season but to begin and he's thrown a lot of innings. Um, he led the team in in games started. Uh, he went 11 and five with a 2.69 ERA, uh, 1.10 WHIP. There's not really much else you need to say. Yeah. Although, spoiler alert, the guy who took that title of youngest pitcher in the Florida State League is my pick. Oh, oh that's right. <laughs> For MVP, even though he only had six starts, considering the amount of pressure that was on him when he came to Toronto, Simeon Woods-Richardson went out there and just instantly started feeding into all the hype when people looked at him. Six starts. 28 and a third innings pitch, 254 ERA, 29 strikeouts, a whip of 0.88 from an 18-year-old in a in high A. That's that's beautiful. I love that. I want more of that. And like like just being able to do that and being able to show something tangible to Blue Jays fans like, "Hey, the Blue Jays didn't get fleeced in this Marcus Stroman deal. Just wait and see what's coming." Being able to do that immediately is huge, and and I was just really impressed with what I saw out of him, and I'm really excited to see if he can continue this progress and be a factor, hopefully sooner rather than later for the Blue Jays. High A at 18. Yeah. Just, that's just crazy. Like, he, I was, I was like, majoring in drink at university at 18. I couldn't even imagine and he doesn't even he doesn't even have a hyphen in his last name. Like that's what makes it even more impressive. Mm. Yeah, and <laughs> it just everything he's doing right now is just kind of blowing me away a bit. Although I um I'll give a shout out to Brad Wilson as well, the reliever with the 142 ERA in 28 appearances. Yeah. I had I have him on my list also. He did he did very well. He was excellent for the uh, the DJs in the back end of that bullpen, hmm. which is good because they need to do that. All right, let's let's wrap it up with Lansing. Um, bit disappointed we can't really give it to Jordan Groshans for just twenty three games of work, although they were very nice twenty three games. But Miller, who do you have as your MVP? Uh, Otto Lopez. Mm. Um, another, uh, he's an adopted Canadian. Spent uh, quite a bit of time in Montreal, so um, I went with him. He uh, twenty twenty doubles, five triples, five home runs. He's another guy that uh, gets on base with a three seventy one on base, and he, he batted uh, three twenty four. 
So I gave it to Otto Lopez. He's 20 stolen bases. He just kind of does it all. Mm. Always, always nice to have that as a calling card. Um, although I, um, I'm, I'm going to take the easy way out and, and pick the guy who everyone knows other than Jordan Groshans, who was in Lansing this season. And I'm, I'm just going to take Griffin Conine, 22 home runs in 80 games. That's, that's great. That's, that's, I, I, I like seeing that kind of power out of him because you, you don't see a lot of power when you look at a lot of the Blue Jays prospects right now. So if he's showing that early, just, just a season removed from coming out of Duke, he had that suspension um, earlier in, in the season, bounced back from that, seems to be doing all right. I'd like to see him with a full season at, at Dunedin next year to see if he can continue showing that kind of power. But I I was encouraged by what he did. They had they had a lot of options on this team who you could have given an MVP to. Mm. I didn't I didn't go with Conine um, because I thought one he was the obvious choice, um, but mm. I also didn't go with him because of the high strikeouts. Mm. You know, 125 in 80 games kind of. Um, you know, it rubs me the wrong way a little bit. I would have even went with Reggie Pruitt, who stole I, four bases. I was just going to say, Reggie Pruitt's like the next Kenny Lofton. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a tough label to give him. But yeah, he, <laughs> he's, he's shown a, he showed a lot of improvement after uh, repeating the level. And um, he went up to, to Advanced A, and he looked pretty good in Advanced A also. So, I, you know, maybe, maybe he will. I can scale that back and say the next Juan Pierre, if you want. Ben Revere. Oh, <laughs> for the last time, you can't name him your Buffalo MVP. Ah, uh, but nine games, eight games, eight games. See, it could have been nine. Vladdy uh, played nine. Yes. And so it, I'm going to go with another bullpen arm for my pitcher of the year down in Lansing. I'm going to go with uh, Cree Finfrock. Not only because that's a great name, but because he stabilized the back end of that bullpen, and they needed a stabilizing factor in the back end of that bullpen because their starters were not very good hmm. this year. Um, it would have likely went to Eric Pardino had he had been able to be healthy and stay on the field, but alas, it didn't. It went to Cree Frinfrock. He led the uh, league with 17 saves. And um, uh, he ended up with a, a 120 whip and 3.99 ERA. Yeah, and I I was eyeing Pardino as well, just because again you you look at the age difference between him and some of the guys he's facing there, and just being able to do that, be that effective already is is a promising sign. But I'm gonna go with the other starter who was actually effective for Lansing this season, and that's Josh Winchkowski. And I hope I'm saying that right. Probably shouldn't be pronouncing the C. But 13 starts, a 232 ERA, over 73 and two-thirds innings, a whip of 119, 71 strikeouts against 26 walks. Walks are a little high, but when you can strike out that many batters, you're usually able to work around them. So I I liked what, he, what I saw. Even when he got promoted to Dunedin this year, he wasn't that, that bad or, or out of place. So I, I'd like to see some continue continuation from him next season 
Excellent pick, excellent pick. I, I also liked um, Sean Weimer. The results weren't there, but he gave it the good old college try every time. <laughs> um, he ended up leading the league in, in starts and in innings pitched. So for a guy who en- who had a over 5 ERA to be able to pitch that deep into games and, and that consistent, um, you still got to give give him a, a good old pat on the back. That attaboy. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Good effort. That's right. Exactly. And it was nothing but a great job and great effort from Ryan Miller on this episode of the podcast today. Ryan, thank you so much for stopping by. Tell the people where they can find your work. Uh, You can get me um, less consistently now that the minor league season is over, but I'm still going to be putting out year in reviews uh, for the minor leaguers um, at Jays from the Couch. And you can hit me up on Twitter at... uh, Mueller Ryan 11, anytime you want. Awesome. And you can hit me up on Twitter as well while you're there at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Locked on Jays. Subscribe on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Himalaya, Stitcher, Spotify, however you do it. Make sure you don't miss an episode because you'll miss great content and analysis like we got from ryan miller today ryan again thank you so much for dropping by and spending some time talking minor leagues with me we'll do it again next month sounds good we'll we'll figure something out we'll we'll get you on we'll all right we'll we'll make up some games if we have to that's right <laughs> all right so for ryan miller for everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com for everyone at the locked on podcast network i'm aj andrews thank you all so much for listening to today's episode and y'all take care.